There are times I feel lonely and I long for companionship. Do you think that being disconnected from God could be the reason for loneliness? It's actually the only reason for loneliness. Um, we, we tend to associate alone with lonely. In the English language, the words got based on the same root, and so we tend to think they're the same thing. Heat makes us hot. Cold makes us cold. Being alone makes us lonely. But actually, that isn't true. Has anybody in here ever been at a party with lots and lots of people in which you felt lonely? Anybody else? Yeah, so almost all of us. It's, it's a very, very common phenomenon, especially for, for those of us who tend to be more introverts by nature, where the the sense of connection comes much more naturally from inside. So being surrounded by hundreds of people, thousands of people, is no antidote at all to being lonely. On the other hand, anybody ever been alone and not been lonely? Again, almost all of us. And my guess is that the rest are just shy to raise your hand, but that actually this is something, this is actually something that is so, so common. Ever sat on the beach and watched the sunset, taken a walk in nature, done some art project, made some music, done some writing, read some poetry, whatever it may be. And you don't even notice that there's not another human being in the room. You're so full that even sometimes somebody comes in and there's almost this sense, even if it's somebody you love, of, oh, because you really, really were just reveling in being alone. So loneliness and alone aren't actually nearly as connected as we think. The experience of loneliness stems from being disconnected from God. Yes, as the question said. But it doesn't have to stem from being disconnected to God in a, in a very specific, dogmatic sort of way. And so it's not just people who are religious in a certain religion, who have a specific name and form for God and being disconnected from that name or form makes loneliness. It's being disconnected, really, from yourself. But your capital S self, your self that is divine, that's the loneliness. And the antidote to loneliness is to be connected 
to the capital S self. And so whether you do it through a, a devotional practice toward a, a name and a form of God that's outside of you, wonderful. Whether you do it with a connection of the inner self, a nameless, formless presence of consciousness, also wonderful. Doesn't matter either way or anywhere else along the spectrum. So when we say it's being disconnected from God, it is that. But a lot of us have a, a completely different sense of who God is, what God is, how do we connect with God. And that's, that's not what's important here. What's important is a connection with yourself. And so whether it comes through connecting to God outside and then experiencing in, or it comes from connecting first inward and then experiencing a reflection of the inward outward, either way it doesn't matter. But that experience is the only antidote loneliness. The only one. And this is why whatever ails us, the answer is meditate. Whatever ails us, the answer is pray. But not praying for. The dilemma with most of us is when you think of prayer, you think of I'm praying for something. We've, we've equated sort of God with Santa Claus. As in, you know, okay, what are you, what are you going to ask for? So it's Christmas. What are you going to ask for? I'm going to pray. What are you going to ask for? And this, this mistaken identification of, of God as a, you know, 365-day-a-year Santa Claus is what actually pulls us away from God. Because it's not about praying for it's about praying too. And that's the distinction. When I'm praying to, I'm connecting. When I'm praying for, I'm separate. Because praying for, well, it's all things I want. Even if I think I'm being nice and I say, oh, okay, you know, God, give this to Ashokji, give this to Somashi, give, you know, I may be praying for someone else but it's still all based on what I want. I want him to have this. I want her to have that. I want her to be happy. It's still my, my list. Oh God, here's how I would run the show if you just would let me. Give this to this one and this to that one and this to this one and okay, give me a little bit of this too. And, but if I'm praying two rather than four, then I'm connecting. Then it's not about what's going to come. The prayer itself is the reward. The connection itself is the reward. When I first came to India, Pooja Swamiji told me a, a beautiful story of a king who, and you have to just picture the the moment of 
this incredibly enlightened, revered, renowned saint of India trying to explain something about God to a 25-year-old American scientist who had no idea about you know, any of it, except she'd had this experience, but she didn't really understand anything. So Pooja Swamiji says to me, he says, so there was this king, and the king had many wives. And the king went out on a, a journey. And I remember Pooja Swamiji pausing, you know, and he says, that's what kings used to do. He said, kings used to go out and they would go on journeys and they would, they would capture lands. And he said, so the king went out and he went on this journey to capture lands. And he was gone for a long time. And before he was coming back, he sent a message to all of his wives, all of his queens that said, what would you like? Send me, send me a list of what you would like me to bring you back from foreign lands. And the queen sent back lists of jewels and fine silks and fabrics and all sorts of things that one could imagine a, a queen would want when her king husband went off on a, a journey to foreign lands. And he said, but one queen, one queen just sent back a piece of paper and on it was written the number one. And the king, who again, I can still just so vividly hear Pooja Swamiji's voice saying it so sweetly, he said, the king was very good, but he was not very smart. And he said, but kings, kings used to keep with them these very wise advisors. And so the king had this very wise advisor. And he says to his wise advisor, he says, she's very dumb. He says, what is this one? One doesn't mean anything. Everybody else sends me a proper list. And this one, she just sends this number one. What does one mean? And the advisor says to the king, Your Holiness, the one means just you. You are her number one. What this queen is saying is she only wants you. And so the king was so touched, of course, and he, he sent the jewels and the silks and the fabrics and whatnot to all of his other queens. But he personally went to the queen who had written number one. And Pooja Swamiji concluded the story by saying, he says, and of course, wherever the king goes, will naturally all of the carriages and all of the horses and everybody goes. It's not like they go one place and the king goes someplace alone. He said, wherever the king is, everything is there. And he said, so when God, God is the divine, the divine king, he said, but the problem is most people pray to God with these lists, like the queen sending them to the king. Give me this, give me this, give me that. And he said, you know, God is very, very benevolent. And he gives things. But ultimately, what you want is just the presence of God. Because all those other queens got everything on their list, but the king didn't go. And this one queen who didn't ask for anything except the presence of the king got him 
And through having him, everything is there. And so that's, that's the, the experience of wanting God, is it's not about what can I get from. It's about just connecting to the divine. And through that connection, everything is there. It may not be the items on your list, But the connection is going to make you realize that actually you had no idea what to put on a list. That actually, thank God, thank God you didn't get that because that list was made from a place of such blindness, such small thinking. You know, it's like kids make Christmas lists or Diwali lists and all they want in the whole world is, you know, a truck or a, a, paint, a paint set or, you know, something, something very, very small. And it's cute, it's sweet. But from an adult perspective, we think, yeah, yeah, they don't really know yet what to ask for. You know, they'll, they'll grow up and then they're going to understand what really to ask for. And in the same way, we make these lists when we pray to God for something, when we're praying for something. These lists of things are things that are the child's mind. God, give me this, give me that, give me this, then I'll be happy. And, you know, a few of these and a few of those and a bigger one of this and a nicer one of that and a newer one of this. But when you actually have that presence of God, then you think, thank God. Thank God I wasn't about to be satisfied with my adult versions of trucks and paint sets and, you know, all the sorts of things that we ask for. And so that, that experience of connecting to God, and again, can't say it enough. Doesn't matter the name, doesn't matter the form, doesn't matter if there is a name or a form. But just connecting to consciousness, connecting to spirit, connecting to that which, which flows through all of us, that which isn't this body, that which isn't our bank accounts, that which isn't the ever-changing form of the world. Connecting to that is everything. And there's no place for loneliness then, regardless of whether you are alone in a cave or at a concert surrounded by 100,000 people. Doesn't matter where you are. You're always full. You're always connected.